Hello and welcome back to the Go For Two podcast. This is episode 20. I'm your host, Liam Horsley, and as always, I'm joined by a very happy Eagles fan. Patrick, how you doing, mate? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, all good, thanks. All good. Football's uh, coming home and the NFL will be coming home in about, mm, is it 70-odd days now? So it's, uh, yeah, it's not long, come... long is it? No, still haven't heard about those London tickets, which everyone keeps getting annoyed about on Twitter, I see. But... Yeah, I've seen quite a few fuming threads. <laughs> <laughs> That's just Yeah, I think uh, with the fact we've got 60,000 fans at Wembley this week, I'm hoping for, for full stadiums, uh, but but we'll see. So in terms of today's pod, uh, back on the division previews, we're going to go through the AFC East this time. Um, but before we do that, we, we thought we'd open with a little bit of news. Unfortunately, this is definitely the dead time of the NFL offseason. So the only news we have is that the Dallas Cowboys are going to be on this year's Hard Knocks. Uh, what are your thoughts, Patrick? Are you a fan of Hard Knocks in general? Yeah, I love Hard Knocks. Uh, it's a toss-up, really, as to what's better nowadays, Hard Knocks or All or Nothing. But you got to give Hard Knocks the nod because it just comes right before the season. So it's right there, and it, ready to go. The Cowboys yeah. were on All or Nothing, weren't they, a few years ago? It was actually pretty good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, it was really. It's probably one of the, probably the best season actually of all. I think it was the Cowboys one. So um, yeah, looking forward to this. See what Mike McCarthy's got up his sleeve. <laughs> yeah, I think Jerry Jones uh, being on there is always uh, a good one, isn't it? It's going to be interesting. We get to see Dak as well coming back off that injury, which I think is yeah. quite cool. Yeah, definitely. And arguably, probably one of the biggest franchises as well in the world. So I'm sure their viewing figures will be uh, will be very high. But we'll see. It usually comes out. Is it all about a month before the season, isn't it? The first episode. Yeah, yeah. Because you go back and see all the training camp stuff that is kind of not that relevant now because you already know it's been cut and stuff. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. We'll, we'll see how it goes. But that's it for for the news. Unfortunately, nothing else uh, major. So let's get straight into the uh, the AFC East. Obviously, the four teams: Bills, Dolphins, Pats, and Jets. Uh, Pats kind of won the division every single year I've been alive before last year. I think. Uh, with the Bills of champions. So last year's record, we had the Bills who won the division. They finished 13-3. and three. Dolphins came second, which is very, very good for them. 10-6 uh, was Brian, Brian Flores' first year. The Pats were 7-9, and nine, so losing record for the first time in, in a long time. The Jets, 2-14, and 14, uh, which is just very, very typical for the Jets. Uh, they've obviously got Robert Salah in, new head coach. Uh, so let's kick it off then, then with the Bills, mate. Uh, this year's win total, 10.5. So at the end, I'll, I'll get you to to say if you think we should go over or under that. Uh, strength of schedule, they're actually the ninth easiest in the whole of the NFL. They've got a really nice schedule, the Bills have, which is impressive. Uh, roster additions, Gregory Rousseau, Carlos Basham Jr. from the draft, two edges. Uh, they've got an Emmanuel Sanders uh, to replace John Brown as a wide receiver. Uh, Mitch Trubisky, I put in the notes just for a laugh as the backup quarterback, because I'm sure he'll come in for a few snaps when Josh Allen... Needs a bit of a, a break after getting uh, a forced fumble. Uh, they re-signed Matt Milano, which I really, really liked. And then the only players they've lost, like I said, are probably John Brown and probably Josh Norman, who played quite a lot of snaps in the last year. So overall, it's, it's a pretty similar roster. Uh, what are your thoughts on the off-season so far for the Bills? Yeah, the biggest thing is I um, didn't realise it was set at 10.5 wins for the Bills. Yeah. That is so, very interesting, considering they won 13 games and there's an extra game this year. That kind of goes along with how I feel about the Bills. I've been saying it, haven't you, since we started the pod. I know they won 13 games last year, but I'm not fully convinced that they'll be back at it again that good this season. I think the division as a whole 
is going to be tougher. And I just don't think that the Bills are that good overall. As far as their off-season goes, they've added a few nice pieces. Obviously, they needed a... They needed pass rush. I mean, that was set in the AFC Championship game. That was really what they couldn't provide at all, could they? There was no yeah. pressure on Mahomes at all. So what they've got now, they've, I mean, they've added Russo, haven't they? They've got Jerry Hughes, Ed Oliver, Mario Addison. It's not still not amazing, though, is it? No, it's not. It's a lot of good players, but not real, much, not great, is it? There's not a lot of people you think are going to get 10-plus sacks in that group, I don't think. Yeah. And I think, uh, I mean, and this, the corners as well. So they've got, obviously, Tredavious White is really, really good. But now they've got Levi Wallace starting the other <laughs> yeah, side of here. So that's not great, is it? They've got Jordan Poy and Micah Hyde. Good at, good at really solid at safety. But, yeah, it seems like a more of a real solid roster. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I can't see them getting 13 wins again this season. No, I would agree, I think. I think so. Last year, I know one less game as well. Their schedule was good last year. I know I just said their schedule was good this year, but their schedule was one of the best last year as well. So two years in a row, which is quite rare um, to have good schedules, and they definitely benefit from that. But their offense was just tremendous last year. They've still got the same OC, uh, Brian Dayball. He didn't get a, a head coaching job yet, so he's returning, which I think is quite good. Uh, there's a lot of rumors they could trade for uh, a certain tight end from the Eagles and Zach yeah, Ertz, which... Yeah, I think they should do. I think you should go a little bit more win now if you're, if you're Buffalo and you haven't paid Josh Allen this huge contract yet. So I, I would probably try and make that trade. But for you, is it more the defence then that you're worried about? Because obviously not a great pass rush, quite an average, at least outside corner group. And, and maybe there's nothing really stand out on that defence, I guess, apart from the linebackers. Yeah, I mean, if the defence can take a notch up in performance, maybe that they can get back to where they were. I mean, the offence, obviously, if it ticks again, obviously, like you said, like Brian Dayball has still got, you know, Diggs, haven't they? Gabriel Davis. They're not hugely deep at wide receiver, are they, either? No. They got, I know they got Sanders. I don't love Sanders. But Cole Beasley was great, wasn't he, last season? I think he got an all-pro vote in the slot, didn't he? I think Peter King gave him that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Yeah, so if they can sign Zach Ertz as well, if Allen can play at the same level, then they will be really good. But it, for me, that is an if as well. Yeah, that, that is an if. I think Cole Beasley obviously getting older. He had a couple of bad injuries towards the end of the year. Um, Emmanuel Sanders never seems to stay fully healthy, does he? Uh, I, I actually quite like their running back group. Um, they're going Singletary, Moss and Matt Breeder from the 49ers, which I really like. But I agree with you, there's not loads of depth. I think Isaiah McKenzie, um, speed wide receiver, I think he's going to be important because he played good at times last year when John Brown was out. And I think he's going to be needed this year because I can't see Emmanuel Sanders playing all well, all 17 games now. Um, but yeah, my, my view would be, I think the pass rush has got better, but I, I think those corners aren't good enough. I think... In the playoffs, the amount of wide receivers in the uh, AFC that are going to be able to target those corners, I think that you'll kind of see repeats of what happened last year. But let's just quickly finish on Josh Allen then before we talk about the, the win total a little bit more. Uh, best season ever last year. Uh, the the highest increase ever in accuracy, downfield passing, short passing uh, and mistakes uh, being eliminated. Do you think he will play at the same level? think he'll go back to the old level? Or do you think... You're on my line where I think he'll sit kind of in between those two areas a little bit more. Yeah, perhaps. I mean, it's the downfield stuff, really, isn't it? How long can you actually keep that going? 
at the same kind of accuracy level that feels the most important thing to me and the intermediate stuff is is okay especially if they add, they add in Zach Ertz then it's for me it's the down the field stuff if that comes a notch down then the whole you know perception around Allen is going to change a little bit because at times last season people wanted him as the MVP didn't they and saying oh he's a top three QB or so. yeah well he finished joint second in the MVP vote with Mahomes which I just find yeah. Found a bit shocking, but yeah, I think he'll be good. Um, I just don't think he'll be quite as accurate because he does, even in the playoffs, you saw it. That's why the Chiefs rushed him. The Chiefs rush him from his right hand um, and they basically just found out that if you rush him from his right hand, he struggles to throw the ball downfield and that worked for the Chiefs in the AFC Championship. And I think more people will realise that that's how you should rush him. But I think he'll still be good. I think he'll be a top eight QB for sure. Hopefully top five if you're a Bills fan, but I think maybe he'll take a slight step back from last year and they need the defence to be to be a lot better. But uh, win total 10.5 then. I would still go over because of the extra game. I think they could easily be an 11 win, 12 win team. Um, but I would agree with you. I don't think we're going to get 13, 14 wins that some Bills fans expect. So I think I'd still lean over with the idea that they'd probably get 11 wins unless Josh Allen gets injured. Uh, what about you? Would you go over or under on that total? Yeah, I'm going over. That's why I was so shocked at the start when you said it was 10.5. I was like, wow, that is, yeah, that's quite strange, really. Because, I mean, obviously, they've still got some good hype around them, haven't they? But, no, I'm going to go over with the extra game. I do think this division's going to be tight, though. Mm. Yeah, well, the over is the favourite, minus 130. So, it's still favourites, but 10.5. There's actually only four teams They've got bigger win totals in the Bills. So there are some good value at the top of the board if you fancy some of these big teams to to get another win with the uh, the extra game. I don't think the bookies are quite kind of used to adding that extra game in yet, being the first year, but the Bills are definitely uh, an over-candidate. Uh, let's move on to the Dolphins then. Um, last year's record, they were 10-6. This year's win total is 9. Uh, they are actually joint second favourites for the division. Uh, strength of schedule, this is the best now in this division. So they've got the fourth easiest out of anyone in the whole NFL. Uh, they've got really good home schedule. They don't have many, they don't have any away back-to-back trips either. Um, so a really good schedule for them. In terms of roster losses and additions, they've only really lost Fit- Fitzpatrick, the QB, who I know you're not as high on, as we found out last week. Uh, Karras, the centre, went to New England, which I found strange because... They've already got a starting centre, so he's going to be a backup there. So I didn't quite get that move. They lost Van Noy, uh, and they lost their two defense, two of their defensive tackles as well in free agency. So they have lost quite a few starters from last year. Uh, but in terms of additions, then they've added Jalen Waddle in the draft, Jalen Phillips in the draft as well, which we both loved. Uh, Liam Eikenberg tackling the draft as well. He'll probably start. And then in free agency, the best addition was quite clearly Will Fuller, uh, and then Jacoby Brissett to be their backup to Tua, which I also think is quite a quite a good move for them. Um, what are your views then, I guess, on the, on the first of all, the off-season? Uh, the draft was amazing. Um, do you think they've really strengthened on, on offence? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, like you said, um, Fuller was the biggest one, wasn't he? But it was kind of the Dolphins were all in there for a pass rusher as well, weren't they? But they never quite pulled off the big scoop that maybe a lot of people expected. But overall, I think they've improved the roster. I mean, the roster, you you might say they overachieved last season, or people didn't expect the way that they played and got the record. But now I just, I really, really love the roster, actually. The Dolphins are, I mean, they're one 
player away, aren't they, from maybe winning the division and going to challenge in the playoffs. And obviously the player's the QB because would really don't he's probably the most divisive person out of everyone that I follow on Twitter. <laughs> Chua Tagvailoa is the most divisive, even within <laughs> the Dolphins own fan base. Do you know what I mean? I think it's they're solid playing away from him from challenging to win the division, I think. If he comes out and he's and he's actually good, then mm. they're gonna win the division. But I don't know if he is going to be. Yeah, we heard number, uh, sorry, rumblings at the start of the offseason, didn't we? That he was talking about how he didn't fully know the playbook and he didn't know the audibles. And I, like, I found it good that he could come out and be so kind of honest and open with, with his mistakes and how he needs to be better this year. But I also found it a bit weird that someone who has been to Alabama wants to be a starting quarterback in this league, has a chance to, because Fitzpatrick's never really been a great starter, uh, how you wouldn't kind of spend enough time learning the playbook to know the audibles. I think that was a bit of a weird one. Like, I don't know if I stand on that's a positive or a negative, but I guess if he learns that this off-season, then you'd think their passing game would be a bit better because their passing game with him was terrible. Like, if the first read wasn't open, he was basically tucking it and running, wasn't he? Or, or getting sacked, it would almost feel like. Yeah, definitely. I think his weapons last year didn't help him either. But, you know, now with Waddle and Fuller, Kind of yeah. guess that you you've got to step up now, haven't you, this season? Yeah, well, this is their their wide receiver room for anyone that doesn't know. They've got Devontae Parker, Will Fuller, Jane and Waddle as their three projected starters, and they've got Preston Williams, Lynn Bowden, and Jakeem Grant as their backups. And then behind that, they've got Alan Hearns and Albert Wilson as their fifth. Uh, sorry, their seventh and eighth options. So this is one of the most. It's not necessarily the highest end wide receiver room in the league, but it's probably the deepest room potentially, maybe outside the Bucks. Um, so I think that's a positive. Tight ends, obviously, quite good as well. They've got Kosicki, Hunter Long in the drafts, another good one. But for me, on offense, let's just talk about that O-line for a second. Uh, projected starters, Austin Jackson, Solomon Kindley, Matt Skura, who was really bad for the Ravens, Robert Hunt, who I quite liked last year, and then it'll either be Jesse Davis or Liam Eikenberg, but I'm pretty sure Eikenberg will win that battle. Uh, that's a very young, inexperienced, and I, dare I say quite average O-line. Do you think that could be a problem for this team? Yeah, definitely. I mean... It's going to be a problem for Chua, isn't it? And how he is going to be evaluated if that line does struggle. I say Skura was pretty poor in Baltimore, wasn't he? I think the, yeah, he couldn't the, snap the ball in the playoff game, could he? No, I think, I think the Dolphins losing their centre this year has it's not come at a great time, has it? No, because he's experienced as well, Ted Karras, isn't he? He's been around for years. Yeah, exactly. It's... Yeah, it's a, a lot's going to depend on that, isn't it, for the development of Chua? Do you think that's why one of the reasons why they're quite happy having a speedy wide receiver group? Because they can get open early and they don't need to rely yeah. on getting out time. quickly out of his hands. And the thing yeah. is, you, how much are they going to play like that all season? If you can, that's just your one or two read plays, isn't it? There's not going to be that many big plays if that's how you're going to do it. No. They're going to rely on a lot of yards after catch, for, for sure. But, yeah, the O-line for me, similar to what we spoke about the Giants, actually. Great wide receiver group, but the O-line's... This one's better, I think, but still not great. So that will be a bit of a worry. Um, last question, I guess, on the on the Dolphins. Their defence, for me, one of the best in the league. Do you think they've got an argument to be a top-five unit in the NFL this year? Yeah, absolutely. If they can progress. I mean, a lot of it's down to the coaching as well, isn't it? But they have got yeah. really... I feel like... 
kind of like what you said about the wide receiver group. It might not be at the top end, but it's actually a really deep, solid roster. And I just can't wait to see what Jalen Phillips is going to do there. Obviously, they've got Javon Holland as well, didn't they? He's most likely going to start free safety. Yeah, Javon Holland. They've got Jason McCourty as well, who I didn't add to our list earlier. He's um, from the Pats. He's coming into this group. It's like a backup corner. like Just extra experience, I think, and, and extra options. They've got... Jaden Phillips and uh, Emmanuel Ogba, as Chiefs fans will know, who's been good the last couple of years. They've got loads of nose tackles. They're not the best nose tackles, but they've got a lot of depth there, which I think can be important. Uh, and then their corners are just very good, aren't they? Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, Noeg Bonnet, uh, McCourty himself. That's probably one of the best groups in the NFL for, for corners. So I think their defence will be a, a top five unit. They'd be disappointed, I think, if it wasn't. Yeah, I think... Uh... Just having a look at the schedule now, actually, they open with the Patriots and then the Bills in two weeks. I think you're going to know pretty quickly, aren't you, where the Dolphins stand. I think they'd love to take a win from at least one of those games. Yeah, I think if they can go one for one, they'd be quite happy, wouldn't they, going into it. But the problem is they've got the Colts and Buccaneers as well um, quite early on in the season. So all their easy games come after the first seven weeks. So. You don't want to leave yourself in, in too much of a hole. I think that could be the only problem. And they're going to be in London. so. Well, yeah, we may be there to watch them. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll if they that. sort these tickets out, we'll, <laughs> we'll eventually find out. But um, cool. So Dolphins win total nine, like I said. Uh, you seem pretty confident. You think they could actually be better than the Bills, um, depending on Tua. So I guess that would be another over for you? Yeah, I'm going over that, yeah. Yeah, I think for me, um, I don't know, it's tough. I would probably lean over as well, but in real life, I'd probably leave it as a push and just let it sit. Because I think they could easily have 10 wins or they could easily get eight wins if two is not great. So, yeah, I think it's not far off. I wouldn't be as confident as the Bills. But, yeah, I think there's more chance of it going over. I think those weapons are really good. I think Will Fuller's only banned as well, isn't he, for the first game of the season. So, yeah, uh, yeah. He, he, he should be back and... We'll see if he can he can stay healthy for, for the first time in his career. Uh, cool. Well, let's move on then to everyone's least favourite team, the New England Patriots. 7-9 uh, last year. Uh, the roster was actually so bad last year. I think 7-9 is actually a good result for them. I think uh, arguably they wanted a better draft pick than they got, but in the end they probably got QB that they wanted. Um, but I think their roster was way worse than 7-9 with all the opt-outs they had. Uh, win total again. So this one's 9 as well. Same as the Dolphins. Uh, strength of schedule, however, due to the away games they've got and the back-to-back -back away games, they're actually 17th in the league, so kind of in the middle. So nowhere near as good as uh, the Bills and Dolphins that have got much easier schedules. Uh, roster addition-wise, they've got Mac Jones, obviously, in the draft. Christian Barmore that we loved in the draft as well. Ronnie Perkins, I think, is a, a de developmental kind of edge. Uh, and then free agency, they were the talk of all of our free agency podcasts, I think. They've got Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, uh, Aguilar, Matt Judon, Trent Brown in trade. Uh, losses, really, it was just kind of retirement. So Edelman and Chung, two players that started every week, they both retired. I think Cannon left in a trade. Uh, and then the only big free agent they lost was Joe Tooney, who signed with the Chiefs. Um, but their O-line is still very, very good. What are your thoughts on this team? Like, wh Where do we start with them? I guess quarterbacks, probably Cam Newton again to start the season. But... Their whole team, especially on offense, is so different. And their whole defense is different because they've all come back from the opt-outs. Yeah, I mean, it's. I think they're going to be um, pretty good, actually. The only 
position of worry for the Patriots is where they obviously they signed a few free agents is wide receiver. I think Kendrick Bourne, Aguilar, Jacoby Myers and Keel Henry, Harry, sorry, is just not a great unit still. But everywhere else, I mean, the two tie-ins that they got, they got a really good, I really like Damian Harris as well, running back and out. Then they got Ramon Ray Stevenson, didn't they? And they still got James White, Sony Michelle. I think they're just going to ground and pound the ball. And I think yeah. they're going to be good. But this is the thing about the this division. I actually think it's going to be so, so close at the top. I think this could be the, well, maybe not. We've got one in the NFC, but if not, this could be the most competitive division, I think. Yeah, deep from top to bottom, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of it, obviously, I mean, you can say this for every team, but a lot of it's going to come down to Cam and how much they ask him to do. If it's just to throw intermediate over to the tight ends and the wide receivers a few times a game and then just going to ground and pound the rest, I think they're going to be really good because obviously the offensive line's still really so good, strong, even though they lost Tooney. Yeah, I was looking at when, I, when we were doing the research for this podcast, I was looking at the O-line thinking, you know what? They've lost, for me, the second best left guard in the whole NFL um, behind Quinton Nelson. I think Tooney's that good. And they've still probably got a top three offensive line. And I just, just find that crazy. Like They're not as deep as they were, I don't think, um, in years past. But their starters, uh, they're just immense. Their starting offensive line is Isaiah Wynn, Mike uh, Onyewenu, who's the kind of, He's apart from maybe Nelson himself, he's only young. He's probably the best up and coming left guard in the league. Um, David Andrews, who'll play center, he's come back. Shaq Mason, who's one of the better right guards in the league. And then Trent Brown, he wasn't very good at the Raiders, but in this system, um, especially with the way they're going to run the ball, he's such a big bloke. I think that their offensive line is going to be great. Now, we've already spoken about their tight ends, um, <laughs> the, the most expensive duo ever in history, I think, for the tight end position. But I think they're both good players. Uh, and they've still got the two lads they drafted the year before, haven't they? And they've got Asiasi and Dalton Keane, which they drafted. So they're yeah. just so they're so deep. I'm not still sure. Their wide receivers are okay, aren't they? They're still not great, if we're honest. But at least they've got some options. One thing I don't think the Patriots are going to want to be in many high-scoring shootouts. No, no. They're going to want to kind of control the clock, aren't they? Control the game. Because their defence is so good. And obviously Bill's such a good defensive coach. They're going to want to be in low-scoring games for sure, I think. I think anything over, if you can score 28 on the Patriots, I think you're in line for a win. But it's whether you can actually get the ball if they're going to pound it and then score on that defence. Yeah, I agree. Um, moving over to the defence then, just a, a question I have. Um, just about one of them, really. They're returning, like, Hightower's back, Van Noy's back, McCourty's back, which is all amazing. Jalen Mills they signed, which we weren't quite as high on, but I guess they see something that maybe we don't. But uh, Stefan Gilmore, uh, starting corner, there's a lot of rumours. He, he's still injured. Will he come back in time for the season? There's a bit of rumours about that. And this is last year, I think, on his contract. And he wants a, a, an extension. What, what would you do as a Patriot? If you were the Patriot GM, would you just keep him? Um, or do you think they'll do what they tend to always do, which is kind of trade a guy a year before he's done uh, and hope to get something back from him? Yeah, I mean... When you look down the depth chart of the starters, it's actually incredibly good. Yes. So I think if you can get something decent for Gilmore, I know Pat's fans love him and 
And I have seen quite a few trade rumours that Patriots fans reply to saying, oh, you're going to need to give us more than a third round pick and etc. But I just don't think, I think if you can get something good for Gilmore, you do. He, he took a step down last season, didn't he? Because the season before, he was incredible. But last year, he felt like he took a step back. Maybe because of the opt-outs that they had and they just overall weren't as good. But mm-hmm. I think you can get what you can for him. Because I think that defence is going to be very strong. Yeah, I think Bill's the sort of guy that if they can't get what they want for him, they'll just keep him. And he'll play this year and he'll be their, their lead player in snaps um, and obviously targeting the best team's wide receiver and then they'll let him leave for free. I just think they're that brutal, aren't they? That if they can't get a trade, they're not just going to cut him to go to someone else. They're going to make him play out the year. He'll start for them and then they'll just say, well, you can move on next year and we'll get a competitory uh, pick for you in probably round three, to be honest, with how much he'll get paid. Yeah, for sure. Uh, cool. All right, let's move on then quickly to their schedule. Uh, like I said, it's not as easy as the other teams. Uh, they do start with the Dolphins and Jets, which I think is is ideal, <laughs> two in the division. But then Saints-Buccaneers, uh, back-to-back, that's their first four games. After a bit of a poor end to the season last year and, and Cam Newman coming back, do you think they'll be looking for a bit of a, a, a fast start with those four games? Yeah, because we don't really know how good the Saints are going to be. With normally when you say that you see the Saints on your schedule, that's like, oh yeah, that's a that's a real tough game. That could probably be taken down a level this season. So it could be, you know, the Patriots could start three and zero, couldn't they? Before obviously the incredible game where Brady comes back to New England. Yeah, where well, the tickets are currently being sold for the highest price ever for a regular season NFL game, which is mad. I think it's like three grand now. To sit in the back seats for the New England Tampa game, which is just crazy, isn't it? Uh, I think it's Sunday night football as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, Sunday night. So So that's going to be a big one. I actually think I'm on holiday, so I don't think I'm going to be staying up for that one. I think I'll be watching that the morning after, but uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people staying up for that game. That's a a hell of a game. But uh, back to the win total then. We spoke about their offensive line being good. Weapons are better, but not great. We've got this quarterback question, I guess, uh, that I personally do think if... Cam is bad, that they'll happily put Matt Jones in because they trust him. Nine wins on the win total, same as the Dolphins. Uh, again, what are you thinking? Thinking over or you think nine's about right? Or what, what are your thoughts? I want to go over, to be honest with you, because I've had in my head for a while that this is going to be such a close division. So I am going to go over. It's going to be kind of... The NFC West last season, yeah. <laughs> it was that was so close from top to bottom. Yeah. So I'm going to go over for the Patriots. It probably, probably in reality, go nine or ten wins, won't they? But I'm happy to go over for that. Nice. That's you over on all three of these teams. So yeah. You're a big AFC East fan this year. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, when three teams have to go over. Oh no! One team probably has to go under. <laughs> oh no! We might find out more about that in a minute. But yeah, I think they can't all win, can they? No, I think if I had to push, so we have got Dolphins and Pats both at nine wins. I think if I had to go under on one of them, I would go under on the Dolphins. Would over you? the yeah, out of the two teams, just because of Bill uh, and two, it does worry me. Like I was in the camp they should draft the QB this year, and before they made the trades, I just think that two are. Didn't show me enough in year one, and you could have traded him for, for something pretty good still. So if I had to pick one team to go over, I would go with the Pats, and I, I'm on your line of thinking. I think they're probably a 10-win team if the defence is as good as we think. 
And I'm such a believer in the way that Bill can coach and Josh McDaniels can coach Mac Jones that if Cam isn't great, after a couple of weeks of ground and pound, maybe after the Tampa Bay game, they could look back and say, right, let's put Mac Jones in and start throwing the ball a little bit more. And I think that could work quite well. So I think I would I would I would lean over on the Pats if I if I had to, just about. So we're we're both quite confident on them. Uh, I think that's just years of watching them beat our teams, beat every other team and win every Super Bowl, I think. Uh, cool. Jets then, a team that don't win a lot of games, unfortunately. Uh, two and fourteen last year, Adam Gase error. Officially over now. Thank thank God for I think for Jets fans, I start to feel extremely sorry for them. Uh, win total this year though is six wins. I think last year their win total was four point five and they went comfortably under that. And this year it's six. Uh, strength of schedule, unfortunately, though, it's very similar to the Pats. It's sixteenth in the league. It's basically nearly identical in terms of how many away games they've got back to back, how hard their home games are as well. Uh, so yeah, not not the easiest of schedules, but but back middle of the road. Uh, addition wise then. Uh, obviously, Zach Wilson, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker in the draft, uh, which is very, very good. They were both first-round picks. Second round, they got Elijah Moore and then Carter as well, the running back, which is another kind of all-offense, really, which is good. Uh, free agency, they were our winners of free agency. They had uh, Lawson from the Bengals in at uh, edge, Corey Davis, Keenan Cole, two wide receivers that are going to improve that room. And then they managed to get Marcus May to re-sign as well, which I think is quite important. The players they lost, uh, Sam Darnold, not sure how much of a loss that is, but he's a loss. Uh, and then Brian Poole, someone who I really like. He's still a free agent, actually, as a corner. Uh, so I'm not sure where he's going to resign. But, yeah, he definitely doesn't look like he's going to be back in uh, in New York. What are your thoughts then, mate, uh, on this Jets team? Obviously, new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. So things are all positive. But is that going to translate to wins in year one? Um, I don't know whether it needs to fully translate to wins just because I think the organisation, I mean, I think when Gase was there, it just, I think, just brings down absolutely everything, doesn't it? Yeah. So there's the mood around the Jets. I felt really bad. I remember actually when, when they won, I can't remember who they beat now. They, were they won at the end? On the, oh, it was the Raiders. Of course, it was the Raiders, wasn't it? <laughs> they won, and then obviously they were out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes after leading it all season. I just felt bad for them that they had to suffer through Gase. But the roster now is, is much better than it was last season, and it looks like Salah is going to be a really good leader. Have you been watching the Jets' like behind-the-scenes documentary? Uh, no, I haven't actually. Oh, you say it's really good. It's, I think that gives them, I think it's called Flight actually. Check that on YouTube, everybody. But it's like um, he's really come in and him and Douglas together look like they've really going to turn the organisation around. Maybe not in the first year and getting, you know, seven, eight wins, but just actually playing hard because the Jets last season at times just did not play hard at all, did they? That's all you can kind of ask when you have a a weakened roster like they did last season to just to finish every play, but it's just not something that Gase was capable of getting to do. So I think what's yeah. most important for him this year is just getting that structure back and the pride back in the team. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think uh, the Ringer have got a podcast called The Flying Coach. I don't know if you listen to it at all. I've not, no. Uh, so last year they had Steve Kerr and Pete Carroll on as the two hosts. 
this year the hosts are Sean McVeigh and uh, Peter Strager from Good Morning Football. Oh, okay. um, but this year, they didn't do it as much last year, but this year every single week's a different interview. And they had Salah on as one of the weeks. And his energy is crazy. Like the way he was talking about this Jets team and the fans and, and the roster he's got, uh, and mainly Zach Wilson as well. I think it, it kind of just excited me. I think a lot of Jets fans would listen to that and love that interview. So that's a good interview for anyone who wants to check out. I think he's on he's on with um, Lafleur as well. They're on together, the Green Bay Packers coach, and they're best friends, and they're best friends with Sean McVay. So the banter between all three of them are pretty good. So I advise everyone to check that out. But uh, I think he's going to be a good head coach. I know defensive coaches aren't always the most popular choices for, for head coaches nowadays, but I think he's going to be quite good. And if you look at the offense as a whole, take out Zach Olson because I like him, but he's going to be a bit of an unknown, isn't he, for this year. they got Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Denzel Mims, Keelan Cole, Jameson Crowder as their wide receivers, which are quite good. Uh, and offensive line-wise, they've got Beckton, uh, Veritucker, McGovern, who I like. Van Rotten at right guard is not great, or Van Rotten is not great, to be honest. Um, but one person we didn't have on the rundown, I just noticed, they signed Morgan Moses, didn't they, the ex-Washington uh, player, right tackle on a two-year deal. And I think that's a very impressive signing to shore up the, both tackle positions. So I actually quite like their offense, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, they're deep wide receiver, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I think their offense is far superior to their defense for me. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's going to, how much can Zach Wilson do in his first year? You just kind of want to see good signs from him, like you do every yeah. quarterback, really, don't you? You don't expect him to be Superman in his first year, but... There's going to be mistakes there, isn't there? But because the step up in competition is going to be good. But he seems like a nice, likable guy as well, actually. Yeah, he does. And I think one key thing that a lot of teams get wrong is the offensive line, just with the rookie. Because um, the more they just turn around and they're running for their life and they're getting smashed, I think they struggle to learn how to play because they're so worried about not getting hit. Whereas I think they've at least got an O-line that can be average at worst. Um, if not top 10 unit in the league, potentially, depending on how good that the guards play. But I think that's important for a player like Zach Wilson because you don't want him running for his whole life and picking up bad, bad habits. You want him to play in the pocket a little bit more. So I quite like that. Uh, yeah, some, absolutely. And Beckton is an absolute he's a beast. Well, so. Yeah, he is a beast. But uh, on the other side of the ball, then defense, they've added a lot of players. Uh, they've got loads of experience with obviously CJ Mosley, Lamarcus Joyner, Marcus May. Carl Lawson and Williams as well. Sheldon Rankins is quite experienced, but it's just that cornerback group again that we spoke about a couple of times on these preview pods. I think they're currently scheduled to start. Bless Austin, who I do not know who that is. Uh, Corey Ballantyne, who I know is terrible. Uh, Bryce Hall, who I actually quite like, but he's coming back off an injury. And that's it. I think they've got Lamar Jackson, not the, not the QB, uh, as their fourth choice uh, corner. And for me... There's a lot of rumours that Richard Sherman could still come because of the link to Salah, um, which I think would make sense. But if they don't add any more corners, I do think that offence is still going to have to score quite a lot of points just because I think people are going to run all over that, that secondary. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I mean, it's a pretty good defensive line, so they should get a bit of push going through there. But that is, yeah, it's one of the weakest cornerback groups, isn't it? Even with having Marcus May at safety, you know, he's top five safety isn't he but yeah it's a really worrying kind of group but then again they've got the defensive coaching put whatever scheme that they're going to put together and props get five to ten percent more out of them you don't know it could if it can if the cornerback groups can be averaged this team might actually win more games than you think straight away 
they'll be happy, I think, with uh, with average performance. Um, before we talk about the schedule then and what we think is going to happen with that win total, I know we spoke about him a little bit, but what are your thoughts on, on Zach Wilson? Do you think he could be good in, in year one? you think with all those weapons that he could be a rookie of the year candidate? I mean, you couldn't ask for any more weapons at wideout, could you? Corey Davis, Denzel Mims, Jameson Crowder, or Keelan Cole and Elijah Moore. I mean, that's actually quite ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, they're all different types of receivers as well, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're not amazing, are they, at running back? But we'll see what Michael Carter can bring. Obviously, they've got Tevin Coleman and Michael P. Ryan, haven't they? But no, he's got the weapons there. I think he's going to... Yeah. Will he have a better season than... Trevor, I think he might do, just because I think the Jets all around are better. Yeah, I think he's third or fourth favourite as well for Rookie of the Year. He's got good odds. I think that's someone that I'd be looking at having a little bit. To, and because the team doesn't need to win loads of games, I think Herbert won seven games. Well, was it seven games that he played in that he won, or eight games, something like that. Um, I think you just need to be in games, don't you? Yeah, I don't think you could finish less than five or six wins, but I think if you get around that a bit more and you're really good and your stats are really good, I think you never know. He could get it, but I'm quite excited. Um, he gets compared a bit to, bit too much to Mahomes for my liking, but if he plays a little bit like him, I'm sure I'll I'll enjoy watching him. So I'm probably going to watch more Jets games this year than I did did last year. Uh, in terms of schedule, they open up with the Panthers, then the Patriots, then the Broncos, and I actually think that's quite a nice three games for a young team to get. That's a great opening game, though, isn't it? Darnold against the Jets straight away. Yeah, it's incredible. They're deliberately done. They knew what they were doing there. Yeah, absolutely. It's nice to have like a game kind of between two teams like that that actually really seems like it matters straight away. Because obviously every game in the NFL is important with such a short, short season. But I feel like that's a great game straight away. Jets can win there, then play the Patriots at home the next week. It's kind of the momentum's there for them early, isn't it? Yeah, because they hate the Patriots as well, don't they? So they'll be fired up. All the fans will be there. It'll be full stadium as well, first time. Because they're the first game of their way, or are they at home? Yeah, yeah, it's in Carolina. So Yes, yeah, so that'll be their first game at home against the Pats. So if they come back after embarrassing Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson looks good, the whole place will be rocking against the Patriots, which is quite nice, isn't it, for Jets fans? There's a lot yeah, of Jets fans as well in the exactly, UK. behind the new regime and everything. I think the Jets are going to be much better. I think they're going to be even better in a couple of years' time. Yeah, I would agree. Um, all right, then. Well, that leads us on to win totals, then. So we've got six wins here. Uh, obviously, you've gone over quite a lot on the others. They do play each other twice, so that's not looking great for the Jets. Do you think they can go over that six wins? Or if you had to push, would you just still say under? Or I guess maybe you'll push it at six wins exactly, maybe. Looking at the schedule, really, if you looked out of division, I could see them. They've got Panthers, Broncos... Titans, Falcons, Bengals, Colts, Texans, Eagles, Saints, Jags, Buccaneers. There's six wins there, and that's discounting division games. But I probably would push it, actually. I think maybe they can get one. If they can get one or two in the division, which I'm not sure <laughs> they'll be able to. Just Well, it just depends how they... Kind of, if it's all on Wilson, isn't it? If he can perform at a good level, then I think they will go over. But yeah, I'd probably go for a push. I don't think they're going to be um, bottom feeders. No. Even if they come bottom, I don't think they'll have an awful, awful record. Yeah, I found this one quite tough. Uh, I had five wins written down. It was like sort of area I think they might get between five and seven. 
this win total was actually five as well when it opened up, but people have been hammering it on the over and it's gone all the way up to six. Apparently in Vegas it's 6.5 as well in some places, so it's going up. I think I'd probably lean under, but I agree with you. I think six wins is is they've probably got this one exactly right in Vegas. I think six wins is probably spot on, but I'd probably lean under if I had to pick. So I've got two overs, two unders in this division, whereas you've got, well, I think you've got three, three, three overs, one under, but really it sounded like you want to pick four overs. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wanted to, but you, yeah, just because that out of division schedules. It's not bad, not, is it? It's not bad at all. Um, no, they come to London as well, though, don't they? Was that wrong? No, that's wrong, isn't it? Yeah, they do. They're playing Falcons, aren't they? Oh, uh, yeah. So, yeah, we get to see them as well in London, potentially. Zach Wilson live could be quite fun. Yeah. Um, no Hudo Jones anymore, but at least we get to watch Kyle Pitts, Calvin Ridley, Zach Wilson. I think that could be could be quite good. Seems like a game that will have a lot of points in there. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of cornerbacks on either team uh, no, there isn't. In, in that matchup. Uh, cool. Well, let's end it then, as we're, we're always going to do, with our, our prediction for where we think they're going to finish. Um, so mine, I did. I had the Bills to win the division. I had the Pats to come in second. I had the Dolphins to come very close to maybe a game, game, a half a game behind the Pats. Maybe, to be honest, it might be the Pats-Dolphins actual game that is the important one. I think that uh, whoever wins that, those those two will, will probably win that second place in the division. And then last, obviously, I have the Jets, but I think they'll finish a lot closer than they did in the last couple of years. What about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I would go actually the same order as you. But the top three, I think they could just be separated by a game, game and a half. I do really think it's going to be close because the Bills come down from 13 wins and both the other teams take a little notch up. I think it's going to be really close. Yeah, I agree. And then similar to what we talked about last week then, uh, obviously wildcard teams, um, extra couple of team, well, extra team now in the last couple of seasons. For me, I think I would expect to see two teams in the playoffs in this division at a minimum. And uh, we could have, like you said earlier, an FC West scenario where there's three teams battling out for a playoff spot come the end of the year. But yeah, I think minimum two playoff teams for me from this division. What, what are your thoughts on wild cards? Oh, well, I mean, after I've been bigging it up in my head for a while, <laughs> and after today, if there was um, less than two, I'd be absolutely fuming come the end of the season. So, <laughs> I do think they will at least have two in there. I think the Patriots are going to be back in the playoffs. Great. That's what we all want to hear. <laughs> cool perfect well that is uh, our AFC East roundup then uh, I think we said are we going to do the uh, we're doing the NFC North or NFC West next time yeah the North cool we're going to do the North next time another uh, actually pretty interesting I think most of the divisions to be honest this year are quite interesting but there's some good storylines in the North so uh, we'll talk about them the plan is I think we're going to record on Friday uh, and then we'll release that one Friday evening for you all to, to listen to the weekend. But go follow us at, at go for 2 pod 2 being the number two. Go follow Patrick at Muggs NFL. Uh, and you can go follow me at Liam Horsey 24 as well if you want. Why not? You can see my uh, emotional England takes that are just going to be up all week now. Uh, nothing NFL related probably all week. It's just going to be Euros and Calvin Phillips tweets probably, I imagine. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll come back Friday. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you soon, guys. Yeah, I'll speak to you soon.